the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You can just imagine Randy right now cruising down the highway on his motorcycle. This is great intro music for Randy. We miss you, brother. Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. You know, Randy leads Arapaho Tea Party, a great organization to connect with sometime, go to their meetings. And he's also the RNC committee man from the state of Colorado. So he represents Colorado to the RNC. He has been a passionate fighter for liberty and freedom. And what an honor to be able to fill in for him July 4th weekend on the anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. So at the Western Conservative Summit Youth Conference, which runs the week before the summit for a whole week, we partner with Patriot Academy. We had about 80 16 to 22 year olds that joined us here in Denver, Colorado, and they're sworn in the first day as legislators. And then they spend the entire week kind of learning to run legislation. They come up with bill ideas. They have to introduce them into committees. They have to deal with lobbyists. They have to build a coalition in order to get their bills passed. It's basically the training of the next generation of young Christian conservative statesmen and stateswomen. It's great, fantastic week. They go rafting. They go to Rockies games. And then they finish at the Western Conservative Summit. Just a, a wonderful event. And it's nearly tripled in the last year. So a lot of students here. They finish their time their last day signing the Declaration of Independence. And it's not really a celebratory moment. You would think it would be, right? It's not. And the reason why is because the original signers were signing a death warrant. This was so offensive to the king and to the established powers at the time that putting their name there was pledging their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. It was a commitment of all of that to this ideal of what the country was. And so these, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds signing this document, by the way, not that far off from the ages of the people that were actually signing that document. It's a solemn commitment of their lives, of their fortunes, and of their sacred honor to this ideal. Friends, there are still young people like that in this country. I know when you look around, you just go, we've lost it. Yeah, but there's a few. They're awesome. They're going to lead. God is preparing them. And they're committed to what we're doing here. Isn't that wonderful? That is the 4th of July weekend. When you go back, go and with your kids this upcoming week, Tuesday being July 4th, spend some time reading the Declaration of Independence. I gave a talk about this a few years ago. Go through and read why they were declaring their independence. You know, you, know, you kind of just 
think just off the top of your head, well, you have the Tea Party, you have taxes, you have stuff like that. You had the total destruction of representative government. You did. You had the loss of the executive, right? Well, the executive was the king and he was vicious and you had no check on him because all the courts were appointed and paid for by the crown. And so you didn't have an independent judiciary. They were all all in the pocket of the king, so they were going to do his bidding. And then all these legislators could just be, legis- legislatures could be dissolved at any point. And they were forced to travel long distances in order to even meet. And their laws couldn't be passed properly. And you had all of this confusion, all of this conflict taking place. If you were a citizen, you had no ability to right a wrong. You were at the just total whim of an incredible dictator, King George. And that became the essence for the importance of liberty, was the freedom that the citizens had in the formation of this nation. They had no ability to rectify any problems. The courts, the legislatures, the executive, everything was controlled by the king. And therefore, to live as free people, they must declare their independence and be willing to take up arms in order to do so. Never, ever, ever reject the Second Amendment. You have no other freedoms without that. How are you going to gain freedom? How, how, how are you going to gain freedom from a dictator and an oppressive power like King George and England, if you aren't armed. It is critical to freedom and liberty. So defend, fellow patriots, that Second Amendment as much as you can. All right, 303 Creative decided over the week, Friday, critical case. We're going through it real quick. We're going to finish here. Kristen Wagner, segment three with Megan Kelly. The high court in the, in the majority opinion writes as follows. It is difficult to read the dissent in which the three liberal ju- jurists uh, joined together, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Jackson. It is difficult to read the dissent and conclude we are looking at the same case. Much of it focuses on the evolution of public accommodations laws and the strides gay Americans have made towards securing equal justice under law. And no doubt there is much to applaud here. But none of this answers the question we face today. Can a state force someone who provides her own expressive services to abandon her conscience and speak its preferred message instead. How broad is this likely to go? I mean, will it go beyond companies like Lori's that provide, quote, expressive services? Because to me, that's one of the battles you faced was proving that that was speech. If you've got people actually speaking their mind, uh, you know, in subjects like the ones we just discussed, it's an even stronger case. It absolutely is. And it is a very, very broad ruling. Um, Again, when there is speech involved, the court has said you cannot compel it. That free speech is for everyone. It's for the LGBT website designer, the Democrat speechwriter, the pro-abortion photographer. We all have the right to enter the marketplace, to enter the public square, and to say what we believe without having to fear that the government's going to impose jail time on us, which some of these laws actually do have jail time in them. And again, I would just reaffirm the, the court literally explicitly says tolerance, not coercion, is the path that this nation has chosen and that we need to remain on. So it's a great victory for free speech. And um, I think it's been maligned 
by some in the media uh, and misrepresented. Public accommodation laws and non-discrimination principles continue to exist and apply peacefully and coexist with the First Amendment. And that was the court's ruling today. So that's the truth. That's what's really happening. And you had this massive response from the Democratic establishment here in Colorado, Jared Polisine, saying that this is, you know, an ugly form of bigotry, that we're going to fight against this with all that we can. You have essentially this idea that now businesses can refuse to serve gay people. I mean, westward headline Supreme Court rules that businesses can refuse to serve LGBTQ individuals. Not true at all. And if you missed any of the previous hour, go back and listen to that. We just pick it apart. This is absolutely a free speech when they should be hosting a parade for Lori Smith down the middle of, you know, the 16th Street Mall. I know it's not safe, but they should be celebrating her because this was a defense of the Constitution. But when the left cares more about tyranny, those are the type of responses. So Colorado politics, by the way, one of the best newspapers still left around. Drop your subscription to the Denver Post. It's worthless. Colorado Springs Gazette, Denver Gazette, Colorado politics, actually good news. All right. They actually do their research. So they ask the lawmakers, okay, in light of the decision at the U.S. Supreme Court on Friday, what needs to change about the laws, this anti-discrimination law? What needs to change? And they can't come up with any answers. Right. So Jared Polis, Phil Weiser, sky's falling, racism, discrimination in ways we've never seen before are going to hit the nation as a result of this decision. Okay, so then what needs to change? Uh, I don't really know. And they Colorado politics has this great article because the whole point is that it isn't going to do that. John McHugh, a lawyer who litigates LGBTQ rights cases, did not believe any legislative changes to the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act are necessary. Huh. Supreme Court says that this law, the way it's being implemented, is unconstitutional. Okay, well, what needs to change? I I don't really know. Here's the kicker. He said the decision would only affect the small segment of the marketplace involving expression-based services like Lori Smith's. That's what we were arguing all along. That this isn't going to have anything to do with general services being provided out there. And so this law, the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, isn't going to change. It's not going to change. Because it's being used as a sword by a few elected officials to go after evangelical Christians. It was designed to be a shield. It was designed to be a shield to go out there and protect broad-based customers against discrimination. So if you're selling anything, muffins, cakes, you provide hotel rooms, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, whatever it might be. If you're into the general services, you cannot discriminate against a certain class of people. Nobody disagrees with that. What we disagreed with was a small subset 
where their services were based in speech, being forced by the government to say things they disagreed with. Wedding designers, photographers, all that. That was what we were fighting against. We don't want the website or the we don't want the law to be used as a sword to punish a small subset of a, a very small subset out of all of the website designers out of all the bakers, those that are so committed to their faith that they don't want to use their speech to say something they disagree with. And in Jack's case, it's not just wedding cakes. It's he doesn't do Halloween cakes. He doesn't believe in Halloween. He doesn't want to celebrate Halloween. So he's not going to take your order and then use his artistic talents to come up with a totally unique, one-of-a-kind cake that celebrates Halloween. And he's in a case now where this transgender attorney, Autumn Scardina, is saying, called him and asked him to build a, trans, a cake that celebrates transgenderism. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. So you're looking at not a big group, which is what... Phil Weiser and Jared Pulse is going to say happen now mass discrimination businesses Westward magazine businesses now have the right to refuse to serve LGBTQ individuals not true at all they are lying and they know it this was about free speech for a very small subset so Colorado politics asked them okay in light of this what needs to change nothing the decision would only affect, this is an attorney who litigates LGBTQ rights cases. The decision would only affect the small segment of the marketplace involving expression-based services. He even says, the second she stops engaging in this highly specific generation of speech businesses, then she falls into the ambit of CADA. Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act, and she can't discriminate. Even a statement from the Colorado LGBTQ Bar Association warned that these decisions could open the door for the further erosion of public accommodation laws. But it didn't. And no one's arguing that it did. And predicts there could be future challenges to CADA and similar anti-discrimination protections. Exactly how far this goes into practice will have to be worked out by the lower courts. Colorado's anti-discrimination law was not struck down. It just isn't allowed to enforce it in a way that infringes upon free speech. My God in heaven, the horror of protecting free speech. And if you read any of the tweets yesterday from, my goodness, any elected Democrat official in this state, you would have thought that this was the worst decision. Representative Diana DeGette, this is disgusting. The GOP-backed extremists on the U.S. Supreme Court just legalized discrimination against LGBTQ individuals and took a sledgehammer to the very notion of equality in this country. This is not who we are as a country. We are so much better than this. So you can't use Colorado's anti-discrimination law against people who have strong religious beliefs in a small subset of services where you cannot use the government to compel their speech. That's it. That's what was decided. It was a great day for free speech. There should be parades for these two. But Diana DeGette calls it disgusting. 
That's the state we live in. Democrats, it's on us to fight back against bigotry and discrimination with vision and strategy to achieve justice for all. Oh, my goodness. They manufacture this to make you feel bad. There is nothing bad about Lori Smith's decision yesterday. And Jack Phillips is a great American as well. This is Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran. We'll be right back after these messages. Summertime in the city. Just not Colorado. Denver and decay. Avoid downtown Denver. My goodness. How great is Stephen Tubbs and his work in just exposing what's happening in the city of Denver? Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. I am the director of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University and co-chairman of the Western Conservative Summit. And uh, I'm here in my personal capacity. The organization I serve is a 501c3. And so they're not in the business of any campaigns or elections or getting anybody elected. But um, I am a lifelong committed Republican and and am filling in, in this case, in my own personal capacity. All right. Denver Post detailing out some new laws that come into effect July 1st. One of them has to do with car theft. We're going to talk about this, but here's a here's a story from Channel 4 about it. Colorado makes an important step in reducing auto theft. We are currently one of the worst in the nation when it comes to this crime, but things are improving, and a new law could help speed up that process. Last year, thieves stole more than 41,000 vehicles across our state, but we've seen a 22% decline so far this year. And a new law will change the course that made it easier for criminals to steal cars with little worry of prosecution. Karen Murphy has done extensive reporting on this issue for us, joins us tonight. So we know, Karen, starting tomorrow, you can't just steal a car and get away with it. Karen, the penalties are going to be increasing, and it's going to be across the board for any vehicle that is stolen, not just those that are worth more, which is the way it stands now. We also know that repeat offenders will be charged differently, and those who are tasked with cracking down on auto theft across the state are hoping that these changes send a message to thieves. Every day in the metro area, hundreds of vehicles are stolen. On Monday, thieves made off with Joanna Rosa Sign's minivan. I'm a single mom with three kids. I need this vehicle. She used a tracker to find it, had police respond but couldn't take it home at the time, and thieves took off in it again. We found it. The tow truck arrived. I made sure that I went on the tow truck. In Littleton, George Race's son's SUV was stolen from in front of their home. Had my grandson, who just turned two um, a couple of weeks ago, it had his car seat, his stroller, um, most of his toys, because my son was in the process of moving. Both are impacted in the same way, but depending on the value of those vehicles, the penalty for thieves could be different, maybe even a misdemeanor crime. On July 1st, that will no longer be the case. All motor vehicle thefts will be felonies. John Pickard, the commander of the Catpaw Metropolitan Auto Theft Task Force, hopes the change will not only deter theft, but impact crime overall. A lot of cars are being stolen to commit other crimes, so it's just a predecessor to other activity which makes it more serious. Race found that was the case with his son's vehicle when a homeowner not far away shared surveillance video of it being used to try and steal another car. 
That owner tried to intervene. My main concern was the fact that this person is armed and, and basically willing to shoot someone over theft of an automobile. While it may be too late to impact their cases, both victims say the changes are needed. It's been a long time or whatever that it's, that's needed to change. I think it's a great implementation that our city needs. Now, even though Joanna did find her van, it was destroyed. She's now started an online fundraiser to help replace it. In Race's case, he's talked to both Littleton and Inglewood PD, and he's hoping that maybe someone recognizes that thief in that video. Commander Pickard says even though with these changes they hope to see theft decrease, vehicle owners still have a responsibility when it comes to prevention. And simple things can be done like removing the valuables out of your car at night or simply locking your doors. Gosh. We're live in Denver tonight. Welcome to Karen Denver. Just uh, keep, keep, you know, keep your valuables out of your car. I know it's your property. It's like San Francisco. I don't know if you saw those videos where people like leave their cars unlocked and empty out everything and just roll down the windows and they're like, see nothing in here. You just got to walk away. So how did we get to where we are? Well, these kind of George Soros funded DAs, prosecutors, lawmakers go, you know, prison, there's just too many people in prison. We're people, we're putting people in prison for you know, nonviolent crimes. That was often a thing that they said. So they reduced the penalty for cars worth less than $2,000. So, you know, they they had a law that if the car was worth more than $2,000, it was a felony. If it was worth less, it was a misdemeanor. And so, you know, you're not going to be put in jail for a misdemeanor. And, and we're not locking up these people. And so car thefts, went up. Do you remember when Phil Weiser was like, well, on the, uh, you know, maybe the third auto theft, we'll, we'll put you in prison. This was when George Brockler was running against him, which by the way, he would have been a fantastic attorney general for the state, state of Colorado, mainly because he would have been at least in the courtroom before. Phil Weiser had never even been in a courtroom in any type of actual legal arguing capacity. He was just a law professor, you know, so they live in these ivory towers and they just they have no idea what's actually going on. So this is a perfect case of Colorado lawmakers being the arsonists and the firefighters in the same breath. The problem we have is because of the laws they passed, but they will never be held accountable. Did you once hear in that Channel 4 segment that this was self-inflicted? Did you hear that at all? No, this was entirely self-inflicted. We did this to ourselves. But lo and behold, here come the lawmakers. This is from the Denver Post. The scale of car thefts in Colorado was a major talking point last year. Yeah, that's all it was. I'm sure if you had your cars taken from you, you were just it was a talking point of, of politicians. And polls urged policymakers to revisit the law that made it a felony to steal cars worth more than $2,000, but a misdemeanor to take anything cheaper. And lawmakers, they came to the rescue and did just that. Thank you, lawmakers, passing SB 23097 in bipartisan fashion. Yeah, because uh, the Republicans that were kicking and screaming about this down at the state capitol... Well, they just join this in a bipartisan fashion. Neither supporters nor critics say the change will solve auto thefts. But supporters said 
it was an important step to create equal standards. My goodness. That's the state that we live in right now. They created this problem and then came to the rescue just to equalize the standards, but uh, we may not be actually doing anything to address this problem of car thefts in Colorado. I, I mean, I, I'm just kind of at, at a loss of how broken the state is and how nobody will hold these guys accountable. Maybe you have to be here longer than a decade. Maybe you grew up here and it just wasn't the hellhole it is right now. Back, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But my goodness, punish people who are doing something wrong. Why is this? Is, is this just kind of the standard that, of course, you know, it was it was their upbringing. There's a million excuses why uh, someone may steal a car, but it's not actually their fault. This goes back to, you know, the major problems between conservatives and liberals when we look at humanity. Liberals will look here and say, well, it's, it's the system. It's the problems. It's not their fault. They were driven to do this. And the conservative will always say that the problem starts inside. It starts inside. In my heart, in my mind, and the problem I need to fix in the world starts with me. But Phil Weiser, three car theft Phil Weiser, has created this problem. The Democrat lawmakers down at the state capitol created this problem. Jared Polis created this problem. And now they're stepping in to say, oh, we're going to try to fix it. By just making it an equal problem. And they even admit right there in the article that that's not going to be happening. All right. More laws. 13 new newly signed laws will take effect Saturday. That's today. Bringing them new regulations around the use of psychedelics, tighter criminal penalties for auto thefts, and the codification of Miranda rights into Colorado state law. The state legislature, which finished its work for the year in early May, passed 484 bills forwarding them to Governor Jared Polis's desk. He vetoed 10, a personal record. Wow. Oh, they're all in sync with each other. And allowed an 11th regarding state employees' insurance premiums to pass into law without his signature. Some new laws took effect immediately, but July 1st is typical start date by which new statutes begin to kick in. Saturday is also the start of the state's new fiscal year, meaning the new legislature's $38.5 billion budget will become effective then, too. Other new laws governing criminal sentencing, a new felony for pointing a laser at an aircraft, and exempting small businesses out of retail delivery fees. Again, another thing that a Democrat legislature forced upon us that's having terrible, terrible faults. Past provisions of old bills kick in now, too. The deadline for law enforcement agencies in the state to have body cameras set forth by a sweeping reform bill back in 2020 is July 1st. So here's some of the new laws. Miranda rights. The Miranda rights are the right you have to remain silent. Rights, right? Advisement that law enforcement reads before interrogating someone is now into state law. The U.S. Supreme Court undercut Miranda rights last year when it ruled that police couldn't be sued for not reading someone their Miranda rights. So Colorado lawmakers said they wanted to ensure that Miranda requirements were enshrined into state statute. Under the new law, courts can't admit statements into evidence made by the defendants if they haven't been read their Miranda rights. 
like if they don't have to talk or have a right to speak to an attorney. We also have new laws on psychedelics because we're that great of a state. They put new guardrails and details around newly legalized psychedelics. They said the bill was necessary to ensure proper implementation of the voter-approved Proposition 122. Remember when I said that because we legalized pot, now we have a lot more liberals moving to the state of Colorado, and now we have psychedelic mushrooms. The bill limits the size of personal mushroom grows and clarifies what's legal in terms of sharing and selling homegrown products. Welcome to our state. It shifts regulatory authority for legalized healing centers to a different agency within the state government and bars local governments, some of which wanted more control over psychedelics in their areas from stepping in. The state gets better. Auto thefts, they have raised. And now delivery fees. SB 23-143 exempts small businesses, those with an annual retail sales of $500,000 or less, from the state's 27 cent retail delivery fee. You know what they realized? They came to realize that, you know, when they tax things, people don't buy them because they don't like to pay taxes. According to the state fiscal analysis of the bill, fees were paid on 161.2 million deliveries between July and Denver 2022, of which 2.5 million would have been exempt from this law had been in place then. That is the state. New laws. Not doing much. This legislature, and we spend a lot of time down there, and I will tell you this. This is the honest truth. The only thing that's happening at the state legislature right now is a concerted effort to make sure special interest groups get more money. That is the only thing happening down there. I once talked with Hugh McKean. He was, you know, the late Hugh McKean. We were dealing with this comprehensive sex education bill. And I said, Hugh, it's, it seems like these lawmakers don't even read the bills that they're that they're passing down there. When you need to negotiate an amendment, who do you call? How do you actually like work out these bills? He goes, Jeff, I call Planned Parenthood or the ACLU. It is these special interest groups, many with millions of dollars, that pour into these campaigns so these people, these, quote, elected officials, can do their bidding. That is the only reason that lawmakers operate down there. The average citizen, the average person, you do not matter at all to these people. They're special interest driven, bought and paid for. They don't even write the bills. Planned Parenthood, when they passed a a radical new abortion bill, they did what? They did what? Not legalize abortion. No, no, no. That was the year before. That was already passed. What did they do this year? They went after these crisis pregnancy centers, these these little entities that exist to try to Help show somebody an alternative to abortion, right? Like adoption, right? Why does Planned Parenthood hate these little entities? Because they're stealing business from them. So Planned Parenthood went down, wrote this whole bill. They even admitted to it in committee. We've been working on this for years. Gave it to the lawmakers. They passed it. They went after these little crisis pregnancy centers, many of them operated by faith-based groups. And after they passed it, Planned Planned Parenthood brought champagne down to the state capitol, and the lawmakers were opening it on the floor of the House of Representatives. That is the state of Colorado, bought and paid for. And those are the new laws implemented July 1st. Friends, Jeff Hunt filling in for Randy Corcoran. 
We'll be right back after these messages. We hosted Café Anderson at the 2023 Western Conservative Summit. The artist playing this song, Mr. Red, White, and Blue. You know, he's try- the, the uh, music industry is trying to cancel him because of his faith, because of his conservative values. And so we were happy to host him. You know, when those U.S. soldiers were killed in Afghanistan under Joe Biden's watch... Cafe Anderson, on his own personal dime, drove to six of their funerals and performed that song, Mr. Red, White, and Blue. Hey, friends, the 4th of July is not barbecues. It's a lot of fun. I hope everybody has a great time, but it is is those families that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And and I hope we can get back to it with future generations. I, I hope that we are celebrate our pride the right way. I tweeted out this morning, happy pride month. Put American flag up there. That's really the only flag we should be flying and celebrating. Joe Biden uh, demoting the American flag at the White House was just unacceptable. Celebrate pride the right way. Celebrate it with the American flag. And this is the month, and in fact, every month, that should be the flag that we're celebrating I remember uh, I was talking to, what was that, uh, the name of that, uh, uh, TMZ. I was talking to TMZ one time. I did an interview with them about uh, kneeling for the national anthem. And I just said, all right, in the midst of kind of kneeling at sporting events, tell me, where's the other moments in America that we celebrate e pluribus unum? Out of many, one. It's on our, it's on our coins. In, in some capacities, our money. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. Where do we celebrate that? In what capacity as a country? If we're going to not stand for the American flag, when, when do we celebrate our unity? And he just kind of, uh, the host just kind of put his head down and, and he didn't have an answer, right? Because that was it. That was the one moment at a sporting event where we actually celebrated our unity. And in this rush as a nation to become, you know, diversity is our strength. Diversity is our strength. No, it's not. It's our unity that is our strength. And I understand what they're trying to push against, but this notion of systemic oppression does not exist in this country. This is the best country in the world. To be black, Hispanic, white, gay, straight, male, female, anything out there. This is the best country in in the world to be those. Our strength is not in our diversity. Our strength is in our unity. So this 4th of July, friends, celebrate that. I do have a question for you. I'm going to go back to this. Blake and I were talking about... Fireworks. So I'm, I'm going to propose this. Maybe this becomes the moment we start the great movement to free up fireworks in the state of Colorado. Because I'm tired of my brothers and sisters two hours from here being able to blow up anything they want. And all I get is a sparkler here. All right. So I'm going to push this out to you listeners. 
303-696-1971. If I came to you with a petition, said ballot initiative, we're going to allow the big ones, the mortars. We're going to celebrate our freedom in the state of Colorado. Yeah, you can have mushrooms. Yeah, you can have your pot. Yeah, you can have your unlimited abortions. But I'm tired of being restricted in my ability to shoot off a firework. And I've got three boys and a girl that are that would love to have some big fireworks. And you can text in on the 710 KNUS app. Would you support a ballot initiative to free up fireworks so we can get the big ones? We can look more like Wyoming. We could really, if we're, if we're really going to have the most libertarian governor in America, why can't I have big fireworks? And you know it's true that he's not the most libertarian governor in America at all. But if he's going to claim it, Jared Polis, my kids around the dinner table didn't know his name was Jared. They thought it was Jerry. Jerry Polis. Jerry Polis would allow big fireworks in the state of Colorado. If you would sign that petition, if you would join with me, or if you if you wouldn't, I think this is a bad idea. You think we're going to have big fires and that people are going to lose their hands with big fireworks. Then let me know if you'd be against it. 303-696-1971 or text in on the 710 KNUS app. Some good text messages that I just totally missed during the last segment. So thank you for dialing in. Mushrooms and fireworks, what could go wrong? (laughs) 3,300. Thank you. Yes, that's good. And then just quotes about how, you know, text that this really had nothing to do with Jack Phillips and all that. It was just really about pushing, punishing only conservatives because they'd let the left get away with denying services to everybody else. That is exactly right. 303-696-1971 or text in on the 710-KNUS app. Hey, good decisions, too, on debt forgiveness and affirmative action coming from the U.S. Supreme Court as well. How great is it that we don't have to pay for other people's debts that they jacked up trying to get a college education? I will tell you exactly how we got into this situation. It is no different than what happened with housing. So this is what the leftists look at. They go, wow, okay, people have great housing. And people with housing seem to do really well in this country. So let's make sure that everybody can get housing. And so they pass laws that force banks to provide housing to everybody. It's the same thing with a college education. They go, you know, people with a college education seem to be doing pretty well in this country, and people without it are not doing as well. So let's make college, a college degree accessible to everybody, and let's encourage everybody to go get a college degree. And so they rack up this massive debt in order to do so. I'm going to see if I can pull up Jenna Griswold's tweet about this. Okay, You know Jenna Griswold, our Secretary of State, gold standard in education. Sorry, in voting. Gold standard in voting, right? You hear that from everybody. Here's the Secretary of State. I have over 200000 of education debt because I grew up poor and believed in the American dream. This country profits from selling poor kids high-interest rate school loans. Corrupt justices who accept lavish gifts sided with the rich and powerful over hardworking 
Americans. She has $200,000 of education debt that she has not paid off. And she runs your she runs the elections in the state of Colorado. And she's complaining about all this. So she was not smart enough when she was gathering this debt to look at the interest rate and go, that's a really bad deal. I'm not going to sign it. No, she just accepted debt after debt after debt with high interest. And now she has over $200,000 of school debt and doesn't know how to pay it off and condemns the fact that we just won't forgive it. We just won't wash it away. We have done to education what we did with housing, and we created problems giving people who should have never been in a position to own homes high-interest loans that they couldn't pay off that were then bundled and sold. And you know how the whole housing market collapse happened. It's happening with education, too. People that should not be going to school. College is not for everybody. And you can have a perfectly good life learning a trade. But you've got to learn something, okay? We're not just going to give you money to just sit around and watch TikTok videos. you got to go do something with your life. And so people that should not have gone to college bundled high-interest debt Went out there, got probably useless degrees. And this is someone speaking who got a philosophy degree. All right. I know this personal firsthand that when you graduate, there's no philosophy store to go work at. We don't sell philosophy. Lay the groundwork for me to go get a master's in divinity and then a master's in political management. But I understand that there are degrees out there that don't pay anything. They might be stepping stones to other degrees. But if you got a degree in under water basket weaving for you know transgender women it's not going to help you with anything there's no career field with that and you took out the money to pay for it because you've got to pay somebody to go to school now i'll grant that colleges for the most part are overladen with too much administrators so you have people working there that are not necessary to the function of the university except for oftentimes to fulfill regulations put on them by the government. So you got to pay these exorbitant prices. You go to this great school for four years. You can't get a job afterwards. And now what Joe Biden, the Democrats want you to do is pay for it. You hardworking Jane, Joe driving to work are not only going to pay for your kids college. You're going to pay for Jenna Griswold's colleges, the secretary of state. And because the U S Supreme court did not affirm that did not did, said that the executive branch, Joe Biden, did not have the power to wipe away all this debt, which they're not wiping away. They're making you pay for. They're angry about it. How dare you? How dare you not support other people that shouldn't be going to college in the first place? That's what that decision was. Thank God we have reasonable people on the U.S. Supreme Court that affirm that as well. And affirmative action. These were great decisions. This was a great week to celebrate. In fact, this should be a great run-up to the 4th of July. Now, if we could only get big fireworks in the state of Colorado, then everything, you know, would work out okay. (laughs) We'd be able to pull it all together. That's the left that we live in. That's Jenna Griswold. You don't pay for her college. How dare you? By the way, she runs the best election, the gold standard elections in the country. Don't, and if you criticize her, you're an election denier. How dare you? 
That is the state of Colorado with Jenna Griswold, Jared Polis, and Phil Weiser. My God, (laughs) rescue us. Friends, when we come back, we're going to talk about the growing homelessness problem facing Colorado. CBS4 did a story on it and how it's ultimately rooted in drug use. This has almost nothing to do with lack of opportunities. It has almost everything to do with drug use. And then Ron DeSantis releases a new ad against Donald Trump tying him to the LGBT community. The primary is heating up. Riots in France. My goodness. Where would you go without 710K in US? Where could you get the actual news? Nowhere else. It happens right here. Thanks to Randy Corcoran. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. Jeff Hunt filling in. We'll be right back after these messages. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. Salem 